farming ka one thing it is like it's not like i type in a, like if i type abc on a computer the screen will show abc here if i put abc it may turn out xyz it may turn uw like what i put in may not necessarily come out in the same way hi guys welcome back to another episode of inspired with devik uh, today we have a very special guest uh, his name is mr sharan Uh, he's someone who has started uh, who has moved back from a regular millennial lifestyle uh, to his roots of farming uh, he calls himself the millennial farmer uh, imagine someone who was in a city was studying uh, pursued higher education from the top colleges and then one fine day decided to give it all up and get back to where his roots were uh, so welcome mr sharan on our show hi sharan thank you so much for being here yeah. Hi, David. Happy to be here. <laughs> Sharan, so actually, uh, the first thing which I want to tell you is that I find your name spectacular, and second is I find the background spectacular as well. Uh, so first of all, thank you for doing this with us, and uh, for everyone who's watching this and not listening to this, uh, it was Sharan's idea on one of our previous calls. Uh, he was like, "Why don't I just sit uh, in my farm and like just show you all, show you the place and everything?" So I think uh, he was smart enough to actually do that. So Sharan, your name, which you are called for, uh, which you like to be called by, is the Millennial Farmer. So I just wanted to first ask you that how did you first come up with that name? Like the Millennial Farmer is a very, I would say, f- with the current times. Current times, oh, uh, it was crazy. So when I was going to start a brand. Mm. I was talking to my dad about this, like what should we do, or like what mm. should we name? We need a good name. He was like very traditional names. He was going to, you know, like like Gau or like whatever something yeah. related to like very Indian traditional names. But mm. I was like, yeah, I know, like right now, probably my customers will be like people who are in their forties and fifties. But soon my generation is going to come into the market to yeah, buy my stuff. I I need something that they can connect with, and I was like saying, okay, I think I'm a millennial. I fall into that bracket, and I'm doing farming. So let's just keep it the millennial farmer, and we'll see yeah. where it goes from there. No, absolutely. I think that name is very apt for the times that we live in, and uh, for what you're doing right now. So uh, we can just jump right into your story. So from whatever I've researched or I've learned about you, uh, could you just run us through your story? Like you uh, were studying in Mumbai and. You're from Mumbai. You studied here, and then you got back. So, can you just uh, help us understand what you did prior to moving back, and uh, when did you decide to move back? Uh, how back do you want me to? Be? I was involved <laughs> in a lot of. You can just tell me about like before I even. Yeah. Where did you do your so school? So I. Age? So my initial school years, I did it in Bombay, proper Mumbai, Masgaon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then i think when i was going getting into my third standard i shifted to thane mm. and uh, i started at uh, hfs okay kiran andani and throughout my life i was majorly involved with uh, martial arts football squash swimming wow like all our typical life like mm. uh, and uh, studying but i think when i reached my 10th standard my dad started telling me that why don't you start farming and all that and i was like अरे यार वो गांव में कौन जाके रहेगा 
Yeah. But he kept talking, 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 and I kept ignoring, ignoring, ignoring. <laughs> Till I think once I was going to graduate after, like you know, when I was close to graduating or doing a BMS, I put actually thought to it. I was like, this could be something. Yeah. I, because the more I visited the farm, the more I liked being around this place. Mm. The more I was intrigued every day by seeing stuff. So I was like, yeah, it could be, but probably. Then yeah. twelve years later, probably one hundred thirty four. Then I started working. I worked at a, a recruitment a consultancy for I think about one and a half years. Mm-hmm. Then I moved out of there. Then I thought that let's try something new. So I jumped into a um, theater production house. Wow! So there I didn't stay for long. I think just for a month. After which mm-hmm. I decided that I can't take this anymore. I think it's better that I just jump into farming. Yeah. And I just started. I just landed up on the farm three months later and. I've been here since. <laughs> so how long have you been uh, on your farm now? So I think it's been like three years. So you've been there for about three years now, uh, ever since you decided yeah. to pack all your bags and move here. I remember the initial week that I stayed here. Mm-hmm. It was frustrating beyond the point because like everything looks nice around you, nature and stuff, but yeah. not being around the people you know, not being around the people who speak the same language that you know. Mm. So like I, our language is um, Tulu, but in mm. our household we never spoke that much. Mm-hmm. Like like my parents say now that we were more concentrated in making you like speak English, so it's easier for you in school, and you don't yeah. have an accent and all that. But then when I came here, it turned out to be difficult. Yeah. But yeah, I think over the past three years I've settled in finally. Yeah. So so where where exactly is uh, your farmland? So you were in Mumbai and then now you moved back to your farm. Where is it? Yeah, so it's in a small village called uh, Mudradi. Mm-hmm. It's close to uh, Manipal. Okay. Uh, the okay. University of Manipal. Mm-hmm. So it is like around 30 kilometers still inside. Mm. So I'm exactly at the foothills of the uh, Western Ghats. Wow. <laughs> it must be beautiful out there. Oh, dude, beautiful. You see so many animals around here yeah. every day. So many birds, insects. I know not many people are fans of insects, but yeah. <laughs> you see so many types of insects and birds and animals around here. Hmm. Just randomly come to your farm and they... <laughs> yeah, I think we are here living in this concrete jungle and you're there actually living in an actual jungle, let's say. <laughs> and you're enjoying yeah, and making the most of it. So, so now that yeah. you move back, uh, I'd say that, yeah, I think the first decision for you was the first major decision for you would have been um, deciding to go back. And I think your family was already in accordance or they wanted that to happen at some point of time. I think even you had somewhere deep down decided that that could be your retirement profession. But I think you can sort of say you took an early retirement <laughs> and, uh, and and you just get, got back to the farm. So now now that you got back, can you tell me what were the challenges faced when you got back to the village? Now you spent, I, I know, how many years were you in the city? In 22? How many? Yeah. 22. 22 years. Yeah. You were 22 years in a city and then now you cut to go back to a village. So like, how was that transition for you and what were the challenges you faced while moving back? It was very difficult. Like people, like, I don't know, nowadays you see a lot of stories coming online. Oh, like IITNs and IMs have moved back into farms. They're starting an agri-tech startup. But when you actually see the challenges, there are... First of all, since you are from the city, isolation is a big problem. 
Hmm. You don't meet people that regularly. People are more involved with what work they have. Since it's a farming community, people have work. <clears throat> they don't come out and call you, hey, bro. Like you want to go here or <laughs> you want to go there or yeah, nothing <laughs> of that sort. Secondly, for me, language was a big problem because I couldn't speak the language fluently. So people never took me that seriously. Hmm. Be it workers or anybody for that. and um, yeah i think that even fighting the mindset sometimes of people over here of my own uh, grandparents at times because if i would like pitch an idea that okay why don't we try this mm. then they would be like nahi ye sab nahi hota this all like all this doesn't happen over here mm. that was their basic response for like everything yeah <laughs> so fighting these three main things now was a really big challenge for me mm. until i like slowly like over the course of three years just conquered them one after the other yeah. i guess No, I think that's spectacular. I think the the ability to stay there, it would have been very easy for you to just drop that and get back to your comfortable city life. But I mean, being in isolation, oh. it's it's challenging. I'm sure it's it's uh, challenging. Yeah. And and also like spending time with your grandparents and convincing them. So now that you have gone back, you I'm sure you've gone back with a bunch of new ideas. So can you give me a brief idea about what uh, the family was doing prior to you uh, moving back and what are you planning on doing with it uh, moving ahead okay so we come from a belt where we grow um, uh, arak nut supari mm. supari so yeah. the whole belt grows that yeah so mm. we so prior to me coming back we had we still have um, arak nut that's a supari black pepper and we did uh, rice but rice was mainly for home consumption only we um, rarely ever sold it mm. since i moved back we not only continued with these things we expanded to increase the quantity of uh, black pepper we started uh, selling rice more to uh, customers we started uh, turmeric ginger we started uh, beekeeping and um, we are slowly now taking vegetable farming to a larger scale and even um, slowly getting into uh, medicinal plants oh okay okay so i have one basic question i mean my geography Uh, was a little weak, so please don't mind me. But I just wanted to understand. So you mentioned that initially people were growing a specific kind of stuff, like when you said we were the Arakan nut belt, like the Supari belt. Just wanted to understand that. So I'm I'm sure it was because of the geographical conditions, the land, the soil, the rain, the kind of uh, weather cycles yeah. you all face. So uh, yeah. the entire belt is still growing Supari, but you all are doing something different. I wanted to understand how uh, you all are growing different crops in the same. Uh, in the same land in the same geography so like to answer that it's all about experimentation to be honest mm-hmm. we have to keep trying because our land is fertile we mm. since like i don't know luckily for me my grandfather since like he he moved back here or 12 years back to be exact till that time even he was in um, mumbai but he yeah. never used um, chemicals to mm. be honest i don't know whether it came from within or since he comes from that very old background of farming when chemicals weren't even uh, available over here mm-hmm. so he has continued to use um, organic uh, fertilizers pesticides whatever it is okay so like the whole belt still currently does these three things only arachnut black pepper and um, rice the only people who actually do things different other than what i am trying are people who have settled here from um, Kerala. Hmm. So people are settling here from there are doing things like cinnamon, nutmeg, hmm. rubber, and a, okay. and they are doing it on a large scale. 
Hmm. Not like people over here. Here in this area, people are stuck to those three crops. Mm-hmm. What I am trying different is only has only come to this point through experimentation, continuous trial error, trial error, and finally sticking to one. So, what kind of experimentation are you doing? Is there a different kind of farming? Uh, could you shed some light on that? So, it's not different kind of farming. I'm doing the traditional method only, but I'm introducing new crops over here. So, for example, so in medicinal plants, usually um, uh, brahmi is grown here. Brahmi is like a creeper on the ground only, and um, it uh, it's used mainly for making uh, medicines which have to do with the brain. Mm. But other than that, I am trying things like um, ashwagandha right now, for mm. example, whose roots and leaves are actually used and sold in high quantities in the country itself. So I want to try that and see how it grows. Like I put in a batch, a huge batch, so approximately on like right now we have only prepared enough for uh, half an acre of land. Now we are going to mm. expand to slowly one and two acres of land. Mm. So that is how I am trying new things. And other than that, um, like I have introduced uh, crops also. For example, uh, radish and uh, beetroot and uh, spinach are not grown over here mm. as much. Mm-hmm. So their soil conditions are very like tight. They are uh, clay types of soil so the more water you pour it gets uh, tighter and tighter hmm. so what i have introduced is like how we do a uh, terrace gardening using those grow bags mm-hmm. i have introduced a small sample size area over here where i have put in uh, grow bags and i have started growing uh, radish beetroot and uh, spinach wow <laughs> i think this this is like your no i think this is like your mini playground you are uh, you like yeah. put, put out new experiments everywhere uh and yeah i think they are just uh, bearing fruit of uh, all these experiments yeah so for medicinal plants um so i understand that yes there are regular crops which are growing so what is what was the decision behind medicinal plants is there some family history behind it or is there just out of pure interest knowing the geography uh, that you are in uh not not any kind of family history because uh, first of all i was trying to battle a mindset so my grand like it comes down completely to mindset so he so in terms of the water that we are um, giving to the uh, supari we only mm. use uh, sprinklers but in using sprinklers you are wasting a lot of water so there are new things which come which has come about like uh, drip irrigation and all that to save water but mm. after i put it all my grandfather suddenly decided that it doesn't work mm. he decided that it doesn't work even though it does so my whole mindset was okay fine you want to do sprinklers fine but then let me use the land more so that your water is used in a better uh, aspect mm. if we are going to feed the plant we better feed multiple plants and get multiple sources of income mm. and uh, since this whole uh, corona wave came people have started moving towards more uh, traditional um, medicine along with the uh, allopathic this correct so uh, that's why i thought that why not like let's try some more traditional medicine that can probably help people and probably even like generate a new kind of income for our farm and hope like this i don't know i've always had this in mind it sounds really uh, corny but like whatever yeah. i'm trying to do here hopefully if it turns out to be a huge success even other farmers in my area can pick it up and go ahead with it yeah No, I think. Started talking to them, telling them, like, why don't you do ashwagandha? Why don't you do this? They would all be like, um, that all doesn't happen here. We have tried, even if they haven't, they like we have tried. It doesn't work. So that's when I understood 
talking to them in longer work you better yeah. put it in the soil show them results and then they'll probably follow back yeah so that's the whole idea yeah, i think i think you're you're at the cusp of uh, building a community out there uh, bringing about a change bringing about a change where like you rightly said unless and until you show these people results not only with them with most people in life unless and until they see the results uh, they are not in a position to really uh, take you seriously yeah they yeah they'll never do that yeah and i think now that i understand the challenges you are facing you are not only battling the mindsets of your grandparents you are battling the mindsets of the uh, i would say the farmer community around you also uh, yeah. so i think that yeah. when as in when you succeed I, and i hope that happens really soon when it comes to growing ashwagandha and all these medicinal plants uh, there could be a big boom in your entire geography for this uh, for oh, these really. medicinal plants so traditionally where are these medicinal plants being grown currently if if you are aware of that so based on my research madhya pradesh is a big grower of um, ashwagandha and is the main market in india hmm. that is like the main market where people are growing it abundantly and is growing very successfully over there people in karnataka in my area i don't think we do any kind of medicinal plants whatsoever hmm. where like the sale is huge hmm. people even if they do things like uh, brahmi or even turmeric if you still consider it a uh, um, medicinal plant is mainly just for the house they don't expand and grow bigger okay what what exactly is brahmi i'm so sorry i don't i'm, I'm not very sure of what brahmi is could you tell me so brahmi is like a how do i explain so it's like a creeper hmm. uh, it like grows many leaves so the hmm. leaves are then dried out made into powders and they are so i was given it a lot for like they would tell me ki it would improve my brain power and what not when i was a kid my nani would keep giving it to me yeah but when i actually researched and i found out they like yeah that's the thing for which it is used and now yeah. if you see like even in the west a lot of their pills include brahmi and ashwagandha <laughs> and they're selling these pills which we as indians we used to follow this very heavily like if you look at our uh, past but then the introduction of uh, western medicine came and then we started adopting that and now they are adopting what we used to use yeah and now again we are starting adopting Yeah, I think they call this nootropics or something. That's the word for it. Okay, where they make these pills out of ashwagandha, brahmi, and they're used for like memory, sleep, which we were having growing in our backyard. <laughs> we stopped all of that because they gave us a new pill. Yeah, no, I think that's funny. It's like wo uh, there is that there is that line no bagal me shora and shehar me dindo ra. I mean, we have it all around us. We have it all around us, but we're like, okay, no, I won't have this. Exactly, uh, we're like, ये नहीं चाहिए मुझे. I want the US tablet, which is like for brain power, but it's right beside power. us. Yeah. So <coughs> that's just I don't know a sad fact. No, absolutely. So hopefully, people have realized that they need to get back to your roots. Okay, the allopathic medicines work for sure. Like I'm not saying it doesn't, but um, we need to look at some of the things that our people were doing before because it obviously worked. It wouldn't be otherwise that why the Just suddenly picking it up and calling it oh it's a miracle drug and what? No, absolutely, and and I also feel that now that you are doing this, um, whenever this medicinal ex- uh, plants experiment succeeds, like do you plan on uh, going B to B or B to C? Like, what is your plan of action? I want to keep it both ways, B to B and B to C. Initially, I would go B to B. to get an understanding of the market get an understanding of what the companies that are out there are uh, currently doing 
like one very interesting thing that i found is that people are using ashwagandha uh, essence i think and they are making things like gummies like uh, chewable tablets and such so i want to move slowly into that direction because i want to like my whole goal for this farm right now is to make it very uh, self sufficient where like we are not just dependent on one crop but a multiple number of crops so that we can support our farm without having to worry that oh now next year what to do if bad weather hits or if there's a drought or if there's no water in the well or if suddenly some insect comes or some disease comes i don't want to sit and worry about that i want to have a backup for a backup for a backup so do you like plan on creating like a from my limited understanding a greenhouse or a separate environment or a space altogether for uh, the medicinal plants no i'm trying to do it as uh, we can do with whatever is available because the moment i do the greenhouse first of all it's expensive to be honest to like set up a greenhouse when i was i had initially thought of starting um, hydroponics also because there was hmm. a whole fad going on and i was hmm. like let's try hydroponics and i saw the um the amount of money that it was taking and the amount of years it was taking to earn it back Mm-hmm. that's what actually stopped me so me and my partner who we when we were doing this microgreen thing we thought that why, why not take it a step further and go into hydroponics so we traveled through farms in mumbai in nasik uh pune area we found out that you're investing in one acre of land you're investing 50 52 lakhs of rupees okay just to set it up The, ex- the recurring expenses are high, and by the time you make it back, so me and my dad was sitting and calculating all this. It will take you eight and nine, eight or nine years just to break even that fifty lakh. Mm. So I then when I thought of setting it up here, then probably thought it would be cheaper. But then the only issue I am facing over here is that the cities over here have not even like what do you say adopted organic farming that quickly as much as cities like Mumbai, Chennai, Bangalore, or whatever. So something like hydroponic and the rate at which it grows with won't work out here as well. Mm-hmm. Farming ka one thing it is like it's not like I type in a like if I type A B C on a computer the screen will show A B C. Here if I put A B C it may turn out X Y Z it may turn U V W also. Like what I put in may not necessarily come out in the same way. Mm-hmm. So I need to be prepared for that as well. And I think farming must be teaching you a lot of patience also because for for us it's like. Yeah, you get instant results whenever we do something. We tweak some something in our business, and we get some different results at the end of the month. It's it's like month to month basis yeah. for y'all. It's like you plant some seeds, you keep some conditions, and then you get results six months, eight so, months down the sometimes, line. Sometimes, sometimes do eight months, six months, eight months is like if I want to grow fruits, for example, any fruiting tree takes six years to give you a fruit. Yeah, and that is just the start. You want it in this peak condition, it's seven, eight years. So the kind of patience that farming teach, teaches you is seven, eight years. Wow! Is that like a software or um, uh, I would say uh, some engine which you can use to simulate? Because okay, these are my soil conditions. Uh, Basis the geography that I am in, uh, and these are the conditions that I will plant my. This is the time I will plant my seed. These are the uh, geographical conditions, the weather, this that. Variables at play. What is the what are what is the probability of me getting a fine produce at the end of it? Is there something like that? So I don't know. So re- I think last year or this year, I got in contact. I think with a Turkish company. Hmm. So they help you in setting up certain devices in your farm, hmm. which help in checking the weather and accordingly controlling the water output for that matter. But hmm. 
i don't i'm not aware or i don't know if it's actually there where you can actually what do you say um pinpoint ki okay i put this or i put the plant at this time so this is my probable output because in mm. farming there are so many variables theek hai chal your weather and all is fine you have good weather timely rains what i do i don't know if a machine can actually find out what is going on underneath my soil yeah. at what point of time what insect is going to come to screw up the roots yeah and, up, and i'm seeing particular consistent plants falling down or mm. like if there is some kind of virus or a bacteria which has come hit the plants it's hit one or two shall you remove and you get rid of them but suddenly all the plants are getting infected if i grow rice it's getting ready okay i've done everything i can the rice is growing perfectly one day suddenly a group of pigs come and they ravage 20% of the farm my god and they're done chal pigs so you can't do anything they're like very huge animals then ana uh, then monkeys come from trees and they start removing the grains another 10% goes there <laughs> yeah what can i grow so my grandfather says one thing that whatever you grow write it down that 10% is for them yeah don't expect that 10% to come back you're not yeah. going to get 100% of the Yeah. they're going to take it sounds good so thank you so much charan is there anything that you would like to share uh, before we end uh, is there anything you would like to share with the audience so what i would like to share that um, okay so like i think like most i think audience contains most of people of our age yeah, and hopefully yeah. at least a few of them have started gardening in their houses or yeah. doing terrace gardening i would like love for them if they could like connect to me and mm-hmm. share their uh, struggles or even if they need any advice on growing certain kinds of uh, vegetables or plants or be it even um, ornamental plants for that matter i would love to be of help to them and love to connect them and learn from them mm-hmm. possibly if mm-hmm. they can connect they can uh, get in touch with me on uh, instagram as well correct so i'll add your instagram handle so i think for anyone out there who is into gardening or is into i would say growing any sort of vegetables and has any doubts queries so sharan is your man uh, he will certainly help you out and he is open to learning also so uh, certainly i'll add your instagram bio in the link below and uh, we can take this forward i mean uh, urging everyone out there to reach out to him and keep troubling him with questions <laughs> so uh, we can make sure that we can learn as much as possible through each other Uh, from the community and from you at least at least by them troubling me i'll have some kind of human connection once in a while <laughs> other than the workers and the pets around you no i can imagine but i think uh, thank you so much for this uh, it was a lovely time understanding uh, your journey of why you moved back what you're doing and where you're headed uh, wishing you all the very best uh, and i really hope that you're able to not only succeed in um, planting those medicinal plants but also helping change the mindset of the people in your community oh, and like yeah, yeah bringing in that positive i would say conscious change in the entire community so big ups and kudos to you for doing that thank you so much for doing this <laughs> thank you so much guys for listening to another episode of inspired with devik uh really looking forward to any feedback from your end and uh, please do write to us with your feedback at inspirewithdevik uh, at the rate gmail.com that's the podcast name at the rate gmail.com you can just share any sort of feedback in terms of what more content you would like what you like for the episode what you didn't like i'm really looking forward to uh, any feedback 
or I would say areas where we could improve and the kind of guests that we could get on the show and the kind of stuff that you would like to see more often from us, please do write into us. We're uh, just an email. Thank you.